everybody. Special welcome to for those who are joining us on screen. You're very, very welcome. I really hope you feel part of what we're doing today. And uh, my name's Eleanor. I, if you don't know me, I'm a member of the congregation here at Christ Church. Just special thanks for John, Naomi, John, uh, everybody who is helping us bring this service together to worship. Let's pray that God's name will be glorified and let's pray that we will be moved, changed, challenged by the time we go home. Now, Peter's got some notices, I like to call them stuff about our lives here. Good morning everybody. Bands of marriage first. Uh, published bands of marriage between Andrew, Ben, Kingsbury Shedden of this parish and Tony Elizabeth Middleton also of this parish. This is for the third time of asking if anybody knows any reason in law why these two persons may not marry you are to declare it now. So let's pray for Andrew and Tony. Father we uh, lift Andrew and Tony to you as they prepare for their marriage in due course. We pray that they would know your presence, sense your presence welcome your presence in their marriage and that you would bless them as they get married in jesus name amen, amen. okay a couple other things um hopefully you received one of these prayer flyers as you came in this morning if you didn't please do grab one as you go out uh, it's to do with the sanctuary day that's coming up on the 24th of september and as it says at the top of the flyer uh, we're encouraging you to pray into the day as we get ready for the day, the Sanctuary Day. And on the flyer, there are suggestions uh, for how you can be praying. Uh, and also, please note that as it says at the top in bold, uh, that there will be prayer gatherings between 7 and 8 o'clock on the 4th, 11th and 18th of September. So the three Sundays preceding the Sanctuary Day in the evening, on those Sunday evenings, we will be here praying for an hour between seven and eight. It's on the sheet, if you can't remember that, it's all on the sheet. So just, just uh, take one and uh, please be using that this week. Uh, an email went out in the week uh, appealing for cakes and tray bakes for the all-age baptisms, or the baptisms that are happening at the all-age service next Sunday. Uh, if you're able to make a cake or a tray bake, thank you very much indeed. Uh, what I'm saying is, uh, if you bring it on the day, so that's next Sunday, either to the 9 or the 10.45, uh, bring it along. If you can cut up, if it's, a, if it's a tray bake, if you can cut it into squares, please, that'll help the people in the kitchen. So deliver it to the kitchen, the, the kitchen team will take care of it from there. So that's uh, next Sunday, please, that would be wonderful. Lastly, but very importantly, uh, many thanks indeed from me. Uh, for all the feedback and all the opinions that have been expressed uh, uh, to the question that I, that I put out about possibly in, uh, in continuing the, all eight, the, the joint services beyond the end of this month. Uh, the wardens and I have now met and I will be sending out an email to you later today to let you know uh, the decision that we've made and the reasons for that. Okay, thank you.
Just a short prayer. Father, we know we are called to witness for you, to live for you 24-7. Thank you for the things that Peter has just said. We ask your blessing on them and we ask you to speak to us as to what we should be doing in those particular instances. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, <clears throat> chosen a, a children's song. And here comes the I think we might all have to find our inner child. Um, but, oh no, we've got some children. Lovely. Welcome, children. Um, it's, it's um, our God is a great big God. Now, I don't know it ever so well. And if there are any children who can come up here and teach me the movements, I'd love that. And if we're all doing it up here, can you find your inner child over there? And uh, let's see how we go. Thank you. Holds us in 
please stay standing. Um, if you're at home and watching, well, there was a lot of movement going on, but nobody came and helped me, but that's okay. <laughs> um, the next hymn is quite a contrast, quite deliberately, and it's uh, all the people that on earth to dwell. People have been singing, Christians have been singing these words for a long time. And uh, I just want to say, in the last verse, <clears throat> I want to say this particularly to young people, the final word is Holy Ghost. And in the olden days, that's what we used to say for Holy Spirit. Now, I can't change the words because it rhymes with the previous line. So don't get concerned if you see the word Holy Ghost. It's terribly, terribly old-fashioned. But, you know, there it goes. Can't change history. And it's a lovely, worshipful hymn. I wonder if the children in the very last verse, which is verse, which is praise God from whom all blessings flow, lovely, if the children might find a flag and in the last verse just worship and, and bless us with flags. That would be good. All people that on earth to dwell.
sit down. We did have lovely flags, if you're at home, sorry you missed that, and they ended up all at the back, so I could appreciate them, all lovely line of glorious waving flags at the back. Thank you, everybody. We're now going to say the words that Christians in Anglican churches have been saying for a long time, and we're going to say it like hundreds and hundreds of others across the country. But we're going to begin with, this is the day the Lord has made, and that's all we said, but we're all quietly going to sing it as part of the beginning of our service liturgy. So we're going to sing, This is the day the Lord has made. continues our liturgy. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. So let's confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolve to keep God's commandments, and to live in love and peace with all. So now we're going to say sorry to God and ask him to forgive us. Please join in with the words in bold type. Father, we are sorry for the many times we've left you and chosen to satisfy our own selfish desires. For the times we've hurt the members of our families by refusing to do our share of the family tasks. Father, we have sinned. Forgive us. For the times we were unkind and impatient with those who needed our time and our concern. Father, we have sinned. Forgive us. For the times we were too weak to stand up for what was right and allowed others to suffer because of our cowardice, Father, we have sinned. Forgive us. 
for the times we refuse to give others. Father, we have sinned. Forgive us. God said, if you confess your sins, I will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Thank you, God. Amen. Right, we're going to continue in prayer in a, a bit of a different sort of way. Um, and uh, it's called This Time Tomorrow. So in kind of doing our intercessions uh, in, here in the service instead of a bit later on, because I wanted the children to join in. I'm not sure if they will. I haven't managed to organize that yet. But three people do know. So I'm going to ask three people. I think um, Mark's got the roving microphone. And if you've got your piece of paper, I know Nita's just there. We're going to ask Nita. Can you wave? Yes? I'm going to ask Nita, what you, what, and, and she'll speak into the microphone, I hope, what are you doing this time tomorrow? And then I will pray. You'll see. Right, well, tomorrow morning, God willing, I should be up early, and it's going to be quite an exciting day because my youngest granddaughter will be 18 years of age. And I always make every one of my granddaughters a birthday cake. So that will be my main task tomorrow. And then after lunch, I shall take it up to her, wish her a happy birthday, give her her gifts, and I think there's whispers of a family dinner somewhere nice later on in the evening. So it is going to be quite an exciting day for me. Thank you, Nita. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for the blessing of families. I want to thank you for Nita's family. I want to thank you for Nita's gift of baking. I want to ask that this will bring joy to that particular family. And I want to pray for all 18-year-olds and all young people making decisions right now. That you, your Holy Spirit, Father God, will, will, will go to them and will help them make wise decisions. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now, Malcolm was another one, and he's near you, Mark. What's Malcolm doing tomorrow? Tomorrow morning, with Hilary, I shall be walking in Attingham Park and spend some time there before coming back home to refresh ourselves with a coffee and a biscuit. And a bit. You're not having coffee there, then? Father God, thank you for the blessing of, of country places, of trees and grass and paths to walk on, places to recognize that you are our great creator. We ask your blessing on Hilary and Malcolm and all who find blessing at Attingham Park. Thank you for all who work there, Lord God, to keep it a nice place for us to go. Father, we ask that your peace will indeed bless them and that your peace as our great creator will bless all who visit such places. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the third person was Audrey. Right, can you take the mic to Audrey, please, Mark? Thanks. I wonder, while I'm waiting, if there are any children who might like, in a minute, to tell me what they're going to do tomorrow. 
We'll have a look at that in a minute, see what happens. Audrey. Um, tomorrow I've, um, I'll probably make some beds. Uh, it's a bank holiday weekend and my granddaughter is coming to stay for a week with two children. And um, it's a question of getting the toys out. And uh, the eldest grandchild um, had a life-threatening disease, um, illness earlier in the year, so I haven't seen her since, so it's a special visit. Thank you. I caught most of that. Thanks, Audrey. Father God, again, we thank and praise you for families. We thank you for Audrey's love and witness to her family. And we pray for all of us that we will know how to witness and show your love to our families. We ask your blessing on that home. Thank you for the witness of Audrey's home. And thank you again for families. We ask your blessing on the children, the young ones, as they grow up. We ask your protection, for we see in this world, those of us who are older, we see such a lot of problems. And yet, Lord, we know you are a mighty king, and Jesus is the one who lives with us and is available to all. So we ask you to bless little children. Amen. Now, if we wander over there with the mic, is it risking too much to see? If anybody would like to tell us what they're going to do tomorrow, I think the answer might be no. No, Mark, I think we haven't got anybody. Thanks for trying. With one more person, I, I've, I'm not uh, going to jump on anybody, but anybody would like to say one thing, or I'll get Mark to come over to you. Oh, somebody. Good. Thank you. I, I'm not sure of your name. I can't remember it. Wendy. When, that's right, Wendy. Let's come back, yeah. This time tomorrow I shall be sitting on the top of Longmead having a picnic with a very special friend. So we again will be joining what God creates. I'm not hearing very much. Mark, could you repeat that please? Because I don't, is it my hearing or what? We will, um, sorry, yeah, I, I will be sitting on the top of the Longmead having a picnic with a very close friend. So we again will be enjoying the great outdoors. Right. So that's a picnic. Again, Father God, we thank you for the open air, for the great joy it is of having friends and friendship, and we thank you for all the gifts you give us, the blessings you give us, the joy you give us at this holiday time. We ask your joy and protection on this group of friends, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Well, I'm sorry we didn't have any children up here, or praying, but... We're going to pray for them now, because now is the time for you to go and do some craft outside, I believe, this morning. Jeanette's on holiday. We could join in with a prayer for her, too. So goodbye, children. And Father God, bless these precious little ones and the grown-ups who go with them. Thank you for their fresh lives. Please, Jesus, speak to them. Let them know that you are their friend. And we also say, Father God... Bless Jeanette and her family as she takes a week's leave. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a reading, and then Debbie is going to be speaking to us. So before Malcolm comes up with the reading, I'm going to pray for both of these.
Father God, thank you that in this country we are free to pick up your word at any time. Help us not to take it for granted and speak to our hearts now as Malcolm reads your word to us. And thank you, Father, that Debbie has heard your voice this week and she is going to bring us something to help us on our walk with you, to challenge us, to speak to us. We ask your blessing on her now. In Jesus' name. Amen. The reading today is from 1 Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 to 16, and can be found on page 1219 in the Church Bible. On page 1219. 1 Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 to 16. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Malcolm, and thank you, Eleanor, uh, for praying. And thank you as well for the creative way that you've led us in worship this morning. I've really appreciated that, so thank you. Well, it's been quite a journey that we've been on with 1 Peter. And um, I don't know about you, but this book has come alive to me as we've looked at it in more detail. And it feels very rele relevant to the challenges we face as Christians today. We've had some great teaching on this book and it's been very challenging 
none more than last week's passage. And I'm very much hoping, trusting and praying that today we'll continue on this exciting journey together as we delve deeper into this rich passage. In truth, this passage is so rich that I found myself wanting to preach about three sermons in one, but you'll be very relieved to hear that I'm not going to do that. So you're not going to get the sermon um, that I might have preached on this verse. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Now, I cannot say how much I love this verse and how vital it is that we get the truth part, being prepared to give an answer, and the grace part, with gentleness and respect, of this instruction in balance. Because if we don't, we will, in Paul's words, be only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal, and no one will want to listen. Without love and without grace, why would they? Grace and truth, these are two words that I seek to live by. Now, two weeks ago, Susie remarked that often we get tested in the very thing that we're preaching on. And today, we're back very much to the subject of suffering and how to behave when life gets really tough. How to live in the new way of life that we're called to as followers of Jesus. And yes, you guessed it, that has been precisely mine and Peter's experience over the last five weeks since we got back from our holiday in July. Difficult stuff started heading our way on the very day after we got back, before we had even unpacked, and so far it hasn't subsided. If anything, it's got worse. So it feels rather relentless. Now I wonder if you have ever experienced times like that, either in the past or perhaps like us, that's the place you're in right now. So what am I learning through it? Well, as so many things in the Christian life, I'm learning a lot of it comes down to choice. It really isn't easy to respond to others with grace, humility and blessing when life is tough and the arrows are coming at us so thick and fast that we've no sooner responded to one difficult situation than another comes our way. It isn't easy to have the peace that Peter refers to in this passage either. We have to choose it and we need to lean into God and be dependent on the Holy Spirit in order to live this way. And I think that is what Peter is encouraging us to do in these verses. Now, both Peter and Susie did a great job with explaining the contextual background um, to Peter's teaching. And so I'm not going to do that this morning. Firstly, it's not my gift, and also they've done it very well. But what I will say is this. The Apostle Peter had first-hand experience of what it is to suffer. He also had first-hand experience of what it was to deny Jesus 
and then to speak out boldly in his defence of the gospel. The words that Peter speaks here are born out of his own experience, which is why he can declare so powerfully and unequivocally in verse 17, for it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. You see, as one commentator puts it, Peter knew that experiencing blessing during suffering and speaking of hope during persecution is possible for flawed men and women like us. He knew it because he had lived it. So as I start, what are the key points that Peter is wanting us to get hold of in this passage? And please do have it open in front of you. What are the main themes that he's wanting to address? And these are the things that I want to focus on this morning. I think there's a PowerPoint. Naomi, can you pop that up? Okay, hopefully you can see it. Probably wasn't the best colours, but um, hopefully you can just about make that out. So firstly, um, now I'll talk about the things that are, that are up there to start with. So, so these things that I want to focus on. Firstly, our suffering will not be in vain. We'll be rewarded and we will be vindicated. Secondly, I would like us to look at what this new way of life looks like. Thirdly, what makes this new way of life possible? And lastly, how do we find God's peace in it? How do we find his peace in the face of suffering and persecution? So firstly, I think Peter is wanting to remind us that as followers of Jesus, we stand on the unshakable and immovable promise that when we suffer unjustly, we do so knowing that our suffering will be rewarded. And that's in verses 9 to 12 of what we've had read. Verse 9 says this, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Our suffering will not be in vain or go unnoticed. There is a reward, a blessing for responding as we are implored to do in verse 8, which we're going to look at in a moment. And in verse 12, we are told, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Wow, what a promise for us to take hold of and remind ourselves of when we're struggling under the weight of suffering. He is the God who sees and who hears. God is attentive to our prayers and our cries. He is fully present with us and our prayers matter. Our cries are not in vain. God is actively bringing good through our suffering, however awful and painful it may be. Those verses are some of the many I've clung to and declared over the situations that we've found ourselves in over these past weeks. When we live for God and follow his ways, not the world's ways, we will inherit a blessing. Our destiny is secure 
and our hope is unshakable. Our suffering will be rewarded. And the second reason that Peter gives for our suffering not being in vain is that because we are united with Christ by faith and share in his suffering, we will be vindicated. And that's in verses 13 to 17. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Our hearts and our souls long for justice, don't they? As we look at the many atrocities going on in the world at the moment, as we look at the injustices we see perhaps in our own lives and in the lives of those we care about, we long for justice to prevail, for the truth to out, for good to triumph over evil. And the promise we have here is that it will. One day, all the wrongs of this world will be righted, the massive world-scale ones and the ones in our lives too. If God is for us, who can be against us? And when the battle rages and when we get wounded, as we sometimes do, we need to remember that ultimately the battle is already God's and that Jesus has once and for all defeated the powers that would seek to come against us. And so I think what Peter is saying to us here is do not be afraid. Remember who is in charge. And we don't have to wait for eternity. We can pray for God's breakthrough to come in each of the situations we face today. Nothing is impossible with our God. And you know, even when we don't get the miracles that we're hoping and praying for in this life, remember that ultimately we will be rewarded and vindicated when we suffer unjustly. That is God's promise. And unlike us, he is always, always faithful to his promises. So now let's turn our attention to my second point. What is this new way of life we're being called to? How are we to respond to suffering and persecution? Well, verse 8 says this. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Now the all of you is us, the church, those within the body of believers. This is how we are to behave towards one another. We are to practice, first of all, living this way with each other in, in order to enable us to live this way in the world. The church is our training ground for distinctive living. And if we can't get it right here, my friends, we stand very little hope of getting it right in a hostile world. Peter is saying that unity between believers is key if we are to embrace this new way of living. Be like-minded, he urges us. And I don't think when Peter says be like-minded, he means the kind of unity where we all agree about everything. But rather that in the middle of disagreements, we can remember 
that we are all carriers of pain and sorrow in our lives. We all have struggles. We all have difficult things that we're dealing with. And that most importantly, we all love and we all serve the same saviour. This allows us to face our differences through a lens of compassion and with the same ultimate goal in mind, serving Christ. Be like-minded. Now, when we're suffering, it becomes a lot harder to live this way, doesn't it? Even with each other. Our temper gets shorter. It's hard not to lash out or to criticise one another. It's hard when we're being treated unfairly, when we're in physical or emotional pain. It's easy to fight back, to repay evil for evil, and then to justify why we've done it. Perhaps I'm not the only one here who on occasion has done some, some or all of those things. But one of the commentators I read on 1 Peter says this, that the church is a community of believers where the hostility and divisions of this world have been once and for all overcome by Jesus Christ. That's very challenging, isn't it? You see, I know that naturally I am none of those things that Peter is describing, or at least I might be on a good day, but certainly not when I'm being stretched. The truth is that when I invited Jesus into my life, age 20, I was critical, sarcastic, and very eager to find fault in others. I was extremely volatile, as Peter will testify, and would frequently let rip at those closest to me and blame them for things that actually weren't really their fault at all. Now, yes, I'd been through a lot. I still was going through a lot. And hurting people often hurt people. And that was what I was doing. But what kick-started the realisation for me that this needed to change was when I was 23. And Peter, this one here, my lovely, gentle, humble fiancé, looked at me one day and said, and I can still remember his exact words, I find you to be very sarcastic at times, and I don't think that that's all that honouring to God. Ouch! Yes, I hated it. And I told him so in no uncertain terms, but I knew it was true. What's more, I knew that Peter loved me. He was choosing to marry me. And I knew he'd pinpointed something in me that I needed to begin to allow God to deal with. And it's so often the way with these things, it's been a long process of transformation, and it still is. But... I began to earnestly seek the gift of encouragement and to practice it. My heart desperately needed transformation and I couldn't do it and I still can't do it in my own strength. In order to stand any chance of living in this new way of life, I, we, need to bask in God's love, draw on his strength and choose to cooperate with the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And for me, I know that I need to do that daily, hourly, moment by moment. You get the picture. 
And here, I think we come to the absolute key verse in this passage. And this is point three. What makes this new way of life possible? How can we keep our tongues from evil and our lips from deceitful speech? Well, I think the key is tucked away in verse 15 in the middle of the passage. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Or as it says in the message version, through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your master. I just love that, so I'm going to repeat it. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your master. Whatever comes your way, keep your hearts at attention. God is attentive to us. He promises that in verse 12, and we need to be attentive to him. We need to keep looking at the God who sees us. Keep actively focusing on him, seeking after him, worshipping him in the midst of the battle and declaring God's promises. Discovering how to hide ourselves in him just as Susie's friend is doing. And so in this time of struggle I'm in right now, I keep finding myself saying, Lord, show me how to do these things. Show me how to find that even deeper trust. Please be my refuge and my strength. Pete Gregg says God rarely seems to answer the why prayers about suffering, but he does seem to answer the where are you in this prayers. And I found this to be so, so true. You see the I'm a Christian, get me out of here prayers, that I think we all on occasion pray, rarely in my experience seem to work. But what I have found is that, and I quote Pete Gregg again, God parachutes down into the mess and performs his miracles of grace right there in the mess and the mayhem and the suffering that sometimes characterizes our daily lives. And again, that is what I am finding he's doing for me right now. And I think the way we train ourselves to see those little miracles is through thick and thin to set our hearts at attention in adoration of Christ our, Christ our master. If we don't, all we will see is mess. You see, we're told quite clearly in scripture, aren't we, to expect trouble. We will encounter suffering. It's not a maybe, it's a certainty. And so that is why it's so vital that we delve deeper into these truths. So my third point is that the key, the bedrock to us being able to live graciously and distinctively through times of trial and suffering is to lean into God to draw near to him, not away from him, to revere him as Lord. And I'm not always able to do that. And you know, I think that's okay, because I think God understands that, because Jesus was fully human as well as fully God. But I am learning to do it more. And as I do so, I'm finding a deeper trust and a greater power than I have ever experienced before. 
as Susie said, there is no end to God. There is always, always more. And I think it's also so good to remember that our God is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and rich in love, as it says in Psalm 145. Here in this passage, Peter is not asking us to do anything that God isn't already in abundance and that we can't experience day by day flowing into our lives from the heart of our Father God. How wonderful is that? And finally, and just briefly, I want to talk about peace. And that's point four. In verse 11, Peter says, They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. In the message version, it says, Run after peace for all your worth. And again, I just love that. Run after peace for all your worth. Do you see how active this command is? We're not to just expect this peace to descend, although on occasion it might. No, N.T. Wright says seeking peace and pursuing it is not like losing your dog and just sitting inside your house and whistling, hoping he might hear you and come back to you. No, it's active. You go after your dog. You seek him out. You call after him. You look in the familiar and in the unexpected places and you do not come home until you've found him. That is how we are to pursue our own personal peace, God's peace which passes understanding. It's available to us 24-7, but we are not to expect to have it handed to us on a plate when we become Christians. No, in this hostile, uncertain, fearful world, world, we need to run after it, we need to pursue it, we need to chase it down. And we need to engage in practices that cultivate it. We need to continually seek after peace and not give up until we find it. We also need to pursue peace in our relationships with others. We need to run after it for all it is worth. Yes, we need to stand up for what's right, but we need to understand the power of blessing the power of coming at something in the opposite spirit. And I think this is what Peter is saying to us here as well. Repay evil with blessing, he says in verse 9. When we choose not to inflame things, when we treat others in a way their behaviour doesn't deserve, when we choose not to repay evil for evil, when we choose not to hold on to unforgiveness, we release the power of God into those people's lives. And we allow ourselves to live freely too. We inherit a blessing. Now, of course, it isn't easy, is it, when we're hurt, when the injustice burns within us. And it isn't about giving in or not holding firm to truth either. But it's running after peace for all your worth, guarding our tongues and our behaviour, keeping a clear conscience, as Peter says, so that ultimately the claims against us will be seen to be untrue. So no mud will stick, as the message version puts it. And as I'm sure you found when you've done this, it's so, so hard. 
But just in the last few weeks, when I have managed to do this, I've seen God bless it in a way I could never have imagined. And we've seen a relationship wonderfully restored. So let's live to bless and not to curse. It's the new way of life Peter is calling us to. And when we do, we will inherit a blessing. So as I close, let's just recap briefly. Peter is saying here that we don't suffer in vain. This new way of life is possible if we revere God and seek after him with all we are and all that we have. And when we do so through thick and thin, we will find God's blessing and his peace and others will be blessed through us. So I want to close just by reading the message version of um, verses 8 to 15. Summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you, no exceptions. No retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all you are worth. God looks on all this with approval, listening and responding well to what he's asked, but he turns his back on those who do evil things. If with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your master. Amen. Okay, we're going to have um, just a, a few moments of quiet, and then I've asked Naomi if she will um, play a song that is a prayer, really, um, of commitment or, or recommitment to um, living in the way that we've been thinking about this morning. So let's just have a few moments of quiet, and then when I look towards you, can you play the song? Thank you.
Thank you. Amazing challenges. We're now going to proclaim the words which will just tell each other, tell God, who we worship, who we believe in. So would you like to stand as we make an affirmation of our faith? And if you would like to join in with the words in bold type, that would be good. Thank you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. We believe in God, the Father, who created all things. For by his will, they were created and have their being. We believe in God, the Son, who was slain. For with his blood, he purchased us for God from every tribe and language, from every people and nation. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. We're now going to sing, Blessed Be Your Name, and shall we see if the children are ready to come back? Blessed Be Your Name. Let's sing together. i 
becoming familiar with this, the COVID numbers are falling again, and we'd like to encourage you to feel free to move around and share the peace if you'd like to, but being aware that there are some who would prefer to maintain a social distance. So we suggest that if you'd prefer not to be approached, that you sit down once the invitation has come and the peace has been spoken. But for now, would you like to stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's share the peace together.
We're going to use Eucharistic Prayer F. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. You are worthy of our thanks and praise, Lord God of all truth. For by the breath of your mouth you have spoken your word, and all things have come into being. You fashioned us in your image and placed us in the garden of your delight. Though we chose a path of rebellion, you would not abandon your own. Again and again, you drew us into your covenant of grace. You gave your people the law and taught us by your prophets to look for your reign of justice, mercy, and peace. As we watch for the signs of your kingdom on earth, we echo the song of the angels in heaven, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord God, you are the most holy one, enthroned in splendor and light. Yet in the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, you reveal the power of your love made perfect in our human weakness. Amen. Lord, we believe. Embracing our humanity, Jesus showed us the way of salvation. Loving us to the end, he gave himself to death for us. Dying for his own, he set us free from the bonds of sin, so that we might rise and reign with him in glory. Amen. Lord, we believe. On the night he gave himself up for us all, he took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. Amen. Lord, we believe. In the same way after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them saying, drink this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. Lord, we believe. Therefore, we proclaim the death that he suffered on the cross. We celebrate his resurrection, his bursting from the tomb. We rejoice that he reigns at your right hand on high, and we long for his coming in glory. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, as we recall the one perfect sacrifice of our redemption. Father, by your Holy Spirit, let these gifts of your creation be to us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Form us into the likeness of Christ and make us a perfect offering in your sight. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Look with favor on your people and in your mercy hear the cry of our hearts. Bless the earth, heal the sick, let the oppressed go free and fill our church with power from on high. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Gather your people from the ends of the earth to feast with all, your, with all your saints at the table in your kingdom, where the new creation is brought to perfection in Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom 
In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory be yours, Almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Please note that uh, the table on this side of, uh, of the church is where the non-alcoholic wine uh, is, uh, for those who would like that, and also for the children, that's that side for the distribution.
the body of Christ keep you in eternal life. blood of Christ. Keep you in eternal life. Amen. And so we'll pray the prayer following communion together. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Just before Bernardo announces the last hymn, just to clarify, next week is 9 o'clock and 10.45. 10.45 is an all age and there's baptisms happening at that. Now, I wonder if the children would like to come and just show us what they've been making. Looks like something on a stick. If I have one, maybe that I can put it up for the... Um Butterfly? Dragonfly. Dragonfly. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that at home. It's bounced about from the darkness to the light. It's bouncing the water. Right. Maria's saying that they talk about the darkness into light and something comes from the water. Well, the dragonflies, of course, come from the water. Aren't they beautiful? If you twist them a bit, looks like they're flying, doesn't it? What colour's yours? got rainbow ones and purple ones and they're very beautiful dragonflies who cut them out that's rather skill there a machine thank you thank you thank you that's lovely really lovely the final hymn is be thou my vision another lovely, lovely words to challenge us. Be thou my vision.
Father, give to us and to all your people in times of anxiety, serenity. In times of hardship, courage. In times of uncertainty, patience. And at all times, a quiet trust in your wisdom and love. And may the blessing of God Almighty Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with us always. Amen. Amen. So let's go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In, in the, the name, name of Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen.